Welcome to Conversations with Toy, a blogcast tackling life one episode at a time. This is the time to air out life's craziest moments. This space is all about speaking about life's hang-ups and ways in which we can leave better than when we started. Topics are all about ways we can find space to be better in life, love, mental space and health. For nearly 20 years, Love Honey has been the sexual happiness people working to make a fun, fulfilling sex life available to anyone. And don't just take our word for it. With nearly 70 awards to their name, there's a reason Love Honey's customers come back time and time again. It doesn't matter what your experience, orientation, spice level, gender, or size is. Love Honey has what you need to feel and be sexy. Their in-house design teams work exclusively and closely with customers to create the toys, sexy outfits, and accessories you need for mind-blowing fun, whether you're riding solo or playing with a partner. For me, feeling sexy is when things fit just right and have you looking in that mirror, looking at yourself like a snack. We're super excited to be teaming up with Love Honey to give you 10% off your next purchase. Just click the link in the episode to claim your exclusive discount. Happy Friday. I am so ecstatic to be with you guys. It's amazing just to really do this. I love this podcast. I love this forum. And I'm just glad to be here. It's a Friday. Now, in times past, these past few episodes, and let's not say few, the entire season, except for this and maybe one more episode, we have been just exclusively guests. Guests have been pouring in. It has been an amazing, amazing ride. Um, And we're going to continue that. We're going to continue to have all those guests bringing in their different expertise, their different perspectives. I love listening to different people because again, it's not about agreement. It's just about hearing how other people think. And again, you know, when you have other different topics and you have other people speaking, you just, you just really get to hear what other people are going through, how they've, you know, successfully gotten through the the hard times. And it really does give you hope for like whatever you're going through that, whatever it is you can get through as well. But today... I'm glad to be here with just me. I get to talk to you guys, my amazing audience. Say hello. How are you guys doing? I missed you guys just being able to just talk to you. So how to do? Um, There has been a lot going on. So let me give you just like a quickish type update. First of all, uh, we have life has been really been kicking my behind with just Um, managing everything, you know, trying to manage the business, managing life, managing the children, my husband, you know, just life in general. I have been to so many different media events and I'm grateful for it because again, you know, we sat around for almost what a year and a year and a half with, you know, nothing really going on. So just being able to get back out safely. Let me tell you something. I could care all the way less about people's debates about whether or not they should wear a mask or not. Um, 
I am personally vaccinated, which is my personal choice. You do what you need to do for you. But for me, I choose to do what I need to do for me and my family. And I'm grateful that, you know, we have been able to do this without having anyone in our personal household sick. So I'm grateful for that. If at any point I felt if I went somewhere that it was unsafe, I would gladly and tiptoe right out that front door because I am not going to put me or my family in jeopardy whatsoever. But so far we have been blessed and we're good to go. Um, I also am grateful for the kids going back to school. It has been a, a ride. I think I know the secretary. There's a new secretary at the school. And I want to say she's new-ish. This is her second year. But again, because my kids were home last year, I didn't get a chance to really know her, really get to talk to her. Well, listen, this year that has all changed. I think I've gotten a call from the school almost every single day about something. In one regards, I'm grateful that they do keep us updated. So if the kids come down there and they're having the stomach ache or anything, they let us know. If the child has a headache, whatever it is, they call immediately. That's a far cry from what it used to be. So I'm not complaining in any way. But what I am saying is when I see the school's number pop up on the screen, I say, oh, my gosh, Lord, please help me. What is going on? What's, what happened? Which kid is this? It's been a ride. So back to school is what it is. And now we're back in school and now it's the cold and flu season. So now I got to say an extra prayer because honestly, I've always felt really serious about the flu because two of my kids have asthma. And so, yeah, I'm more watchful of them with that. But can I talk about something about, let's talk about manifesting. I want to say, now this is not a brag moment. So I had put on my vision board about two years ago that I wanted to have this specific car, the Chevy Traverse. And, you know, you may be saying, well, that ain't no Range Rover, that is not a Mercedes. It wasn't even about that. I had saw the Chevy Traverse in a, a magazine. I really, really, really liked it. I saw that it was really capable, like they had different versions and some versions was like capable of really like housing my, my family. You know, my kids are about the same size as me and my 10 year old is just right underneath my height. And so I needed something that was going to be predictable and, you know, all those good things. Over a year ago, my um, house, our community had gotten flooded, like a huge major flood, just a random rainy day that turned into a nightmare. And my car um, ended up getting completely damaged, like could not work, would not work. So I've been without my own personal car for over a little over a year. And so I kept having, you know, going back to my vision board and I kept seeing that. And so of course, now that, you know, the pandemic had hit, cause I got the thing, the flood happened in the midst of the pandemic, like in the very beginning, sort of kind of in the, in the pandemic. And so now without this car, the pandemic hit, there was no reason for me to have another car. Me and my husband working from home, the kids are right up the street from our house and by up the street, everything's up the street to me. It's about maybe seven minutes from our house. There wasn't really any reason for me to really dive in to try to get a brand new car or any car, to be honest with you. But I'm grateful to report back that I have manifested my car and was able to purchase um, that Chevy Traverse. And I have named her Epiphany. And I named her that because Epiphany is another word for manifesting. And that is what I manifested on that vision board. And I just kept believing that that was the car that I wanted and 
it's here. So her name is Epiphany. So I just want to say for people who believe in, you know, vision boards and vision boards is not a magic trick to a vision board. Like you really just have to do the work. But I honestly believe that when you envision something for your life and you want something for your life and you, you push something for your life, that if you do so, you're going to have the things that you need. And so I'm grateful that my new car Epiphany is here. And, um, you know, we had to go a little ways to get her, but she's here and I'm grateful. I'm grateful for that. Today's episode that we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about dating and we're going to talk about anxiety while dating. This was a topic that was brought to me from a viewer. She uh, sent me some messages and let me know that she wanted to know if I could do an episode regarding dating and, and, and anxiety. Um, I think I've been really clear about that since the very get to know me episode. This was back in season one. We're in season four now. I talked about my struggles with anxiety. I talked about my struggles with like depression and things of those sorts. But the game changes completely when you are dating and you're discovering that you have these different issues. I honestly believe like this is like the year, the the season of accountability. And I honestly believe that people are more inclined to really talk about themselves and the things that they have going on. One, because I feel like they're addressing their issues. Like people are not keeping their issues underneath the rug and acting as if they didn't exist. Like people did in years past. You've never heard of our grandparents, our parents talking about, I had anxiety. You never heard them talk like that because it was taboo. You kind of just went along with the flow, but people are being more accountable to the things that they are dealing with. So with that, Talking about dating is very serious because if you suffer, and I don't want to say suffer, but if you have anxiety and depending on the, the magnitude of it, and you feel as if you're not able to be heard, you're not, you don't know how to express that to a new partner. Like when is the right and appropriate time to tell someone, Hey, I'm dealing with anxiety without feeling like one, they're going to judge you looking at you like you're crazy and, or make you feel like maybe it's not the right time. Like, do you wait until you've established, you know, a relationship? Like these are all the questions that I was given and I'm going to answer them in today's episode. So if you um, are dating and you're like, okay, I deal with, maybe you don't deal with anxiety, put whatever it is that you're dealing with in that bracket. And let's talk about it. Because, you know, even when they talk about when you're dating and you have children, like when's the time that you tell this person that you have kids, is that a, you know, thing that he or she may not like? Do that person, does that person now run because maybe they don't want kids and maybe you have three maybe you have one, like these are questions that when you're dating, you should bring up, you have to bring up. And honestly, when it comes to mental health, no matter how small or how big you really should have conversations, candid conversations with someone because they are literally signing up for that. Um, my husband, I've talked about this on the podcast plenty of times before has had to deal with my mental health issues. And when I say that, let me say my mental health wellness, my mental wellness. Some people get really turned off by saying mental health issues because now they feel like they're a problem. They're problematic. Let me go ahead and encourage you that first and foremost, whether you call it illness, whether you call it mental wellness, whatever the wordage that you choose, you need to identify what is going on with you. Because when you align yourself with someone else, you get married to someone else, you start dating someone else. They need to be able to count up the costs and make sure that they're able to handle that. And I know that that sounds bad because then you're saying, okay, well, I may not be fit. Somebody may consider me to, to not be fit for that. Th listen, they're going to, people are going to consider you not to be fit for a bunch of things. If you don't have the right 
toes. You know, people have toe fetishes. They may not like that. If you don't have the right, you know, physical body shape, they may not like that. Listen, they're going to count you out for a lot of reasons, but you've got to be honest with the person that you're trying to potentially build with because you want them to be able to accept all of you. And honestly, if you really want a relationship to work, they need to be able to, you have to have the right person in your life. This is not a one-way interview. You know how you go to a date and you say, my favorite color is this, and I like this, and I don't like this type of food. That's all beautiful and cute. But on the real, the real questions you better ask is, how is that person's temperament? This is why I honestly believe that people should be dating for a little longer than just a year because that first year you don't even get the person's first representative. You get their you don't get their true representative. People are putting on. You better know who you're dealing with. You better know how somebody acts when they're hangry because being hangry can bring out a lot of things in people. You better know how somebody's going to act when somebody truly pisses them off because however they're reacting to them is a potential for them to react to you. So how would you not know if somebody is dealing with anxiety and you're not know you're not aware of that and then you get into the marriage or you get into the datings and you get deep into it and then you start discovering all these red flags. Right? So everybody has something with them. Everybody has something with them. It's up to you to choose what level you're able to endure, what level of it that you're able to receive and deal with it. Everybody has something with them. And I like to believe that every partner that we have that is for us was gifted with the ability to handle you at your worst. But if you're not telling them what their what your worst is and you're expecting people to go into a relationship or a marriage or any type of situationship at least blindly, that is not a good recipe for success, right? Everybody tells you what's successful in a marriage. Everybody tells you what's successful in dating. I'm going to tell you one thing, being completely honest and representing your true self. Because you'll never know the person that you're with if they're supposed to really be there for you. And if they were literally made, like I honestly believe that we were made for someone else. From that foundation of the world, God already knew that there was somebody else for us that were going to be able to handle us at our highs and our lows. And we see the memes that say, if you can't handle me at my low, you don't deserve me at my high. You got to speak on those lows. You got to put it out there and be vulnerable sometimes. So let's get into this conversation. The first question, question that I was received is, how do you date well when you're always anxious? This is for people who deal with anxiety. If you are dealing with anxiety like the level that I now do with it, let me just say when I was dating, this is not has nothing to do with my husband. I mean, I didn't date just 10 people. Come on now. All right. <laughs> there was dating going on. Um, as I was in the dating phase at the time, I didn't even realize that I was dealing with anxiety, but I really was. So there's a level of, you know, stress when you're getting ready for that first date, you're getting all cute. You're trying to make sure all your hair is tucked in a certain place. You're trying to make sure everything is going good to go. That's a, a what's called a quote unquote normal level of anxiety, how it spills over into knowing that you truly have anxiety when it comes to dating is that you're sitting in a car and you're literally shaking because you're like, Oh my gosh, I can't get out uh, this car. I don't want to start this date or in the time that you're dating, instead of focusing on what the person is saying, you're hearing what they're saying, everything that they're saying, you're finding a negative uh, thought process for it. You're like, Oh my gosh. So they said they like uh, spinach. And what if I don't cook his spinach correctly? And what if I, uh, you know, what if he finds that I like uh, green beans and that may be a turnoff for him? Like everything becomes super heightened. 
super heightened. So how do you date well when you're trying to control your anxiety and you're also trying to introduce yourself to someone else, get to know someone else, but that is always on the back of your mind. I'm going to tell you the same way that I do events when my level of anxiety comes in is that sometimes you have to take anxiety with you until it falls off. Meaning you'll know that you're starting to get comfortable with a person, or you may just be uncomfortable for that, that first date. But if you go to that second or third date, you're just going to have to learn to learn to live with it. Well, how can you date? Well, you have to learn to live well within yourself, knowing that you have anxiety. One of the things I've always been stressful of is telling people that you have to figure out something that works for you to get you through your anxiety. If therapy is helping you because they will then give you some tips and tools for how to deal with it, that's a beautiful start. But there are certain things that I personally do in my personal life that could help someone, even in a situation of dating. I deal with high levels of anxiety. So, you know, when you're on a date and you're like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, that is me when I am out and about, especially when I'm out and about with my, by myself, which is pretty much 80% of the time. I deal with that high level of anxiety. What are the people thinking of me? And the same thing you're with on a date. Does he like my outfit? Does he think this? You know, these thoughts can be overwhelming and just overtake what you're trying to do. They take away from the positive experience of dating. And if you are listening to the sound of my voice, and I hope that you are, dating is stressful. I could not imagine having to date in 2021, right? Honestly, I never understood why people did online dating, but I can see why. Um, but even in that it's stressful because you're trying to, you know, weed a bunch of people out to figure out basically who your prince is amongst a bunch of frogs. And I have to give it to every person that is dating every last one of you that are in the dating process. I got to give it up to you because you are under attack of so many different levels of love and, uh, you find the yeses and you find out to know, like it's stressful. So my heart goes out to you, honestly. I don't know what I would do if I had to go back into the dating pool. And to be honest, a part of me says I'm going to be single if that happens. Um, another part says I'm going to switch teams. I'm just being honest and real because that's just what I do. Like, I honestly feel like I, I don't know what I would do. But in order to date well with anxiety, you have to start becoming able to live well with yourself. I know that that's a hard task. It's not as easy as I am saying it. I wish it was that I could just tell you to live well and that would just open up a, a light bulb in your spirit and you would just run off and do that. But you have to start figuring out how to live well. What I mean by that, again, knowing what you need in your daily life while dealing with anxiety. I do things like CBD. I use things like my call mingle, which is the device that I use to basically control my breathing. And it completely calms me down personally. Um, I will put a link in the show notes because in case you want to get one, but yeah, I use those different things. I actually use uh, fidget toys now, not the big poppers like my kids use, but I have like this little, it looks like a little stringy. I don't, can't explain it, but I use that and I'm high, high levels of stress. Like this week I had to go to the dentist. So I had that in my hand and I was fidgeting with it so they could do what they could do without me being stressed out. Um, you may be able to do that underneath a table with on a date where you can use that. Um, I use a tapping method where I softly tap my foot in situations where I am stressful because me noticing the tapping um, allows me to regulate my breathing and it also allows me to then calm down, which also allows me to then and come back into the moment 
those are something that you can do that are not exactly like I'm not tapping my foot as if like I'm on a church and I'm, and I'm, and I'm hitting, you know, the tambourine. It's a very small light tapping that I learned to do with my foot. That is very calming to me. And these are just little things that I incorporate into my everyday life. So how can you live well with dealing with your anxiety tends to, to, to go towards a conversation of you need to find ways of controlling your anxiety. You need to find ways of living with it and knowing when your highs, like if you know that you're going to peak at certain times, if that peaking comes out right before a date, get your life together where you're doing certain things right before a date, how you get ready for a date may matter. For me, um, when I'm going out to an event, I tend to listen to more, um, gospel music. I've actually just been on a gospel music, um, run. I just kind of been listening to it a lot more often. It's a part of me, you know, I'm a PK it's never going away. But for me, I find that one song that makes me feel calm, that makes me feel loved, that makes me feel strong. And I listen to that. So that's something that you want to do. If you feel like you're in a high level situation, these are just small tips that you want to apply to your life period, whether you're dating or not, that can then help you and correlate to when you're dating. Now we will get into the nitty gritty of like the anxiety process as you're weeding out someone like as you graduate in your dating process from I like him I want to go on a second date to I like him you know I want to maybe spend a weekend I like him and I want to make this official like there's different levels and we'll get to that in the rest of our questions the second question is how do you have healthy steps or communicate with someone when dating Okay, how do you have healthy steps or communicating with when dating someone who is anxious? So I believe the question is basically saying, how do you have healthy conversations with someone who is anxious? So if you may not deal with anxiety, but you're dealing with someone who is an anxious person who has a level of anxiety, how can you communicate? How can you walk with that person? How can you basically be on that journey with them if you yourself does not deal with anxiety? I have to take this rule book or this conversation that my husband and I have quite often. One is that you need to communicate. One of the things that helps me with as dealing with a person with anxiety is being able to go to my husband and say to him, hey, I'm having this anxiety. Um, these are the thoughts that I was going through my mind when I started to have this anxiety or this is the situation that happened that pushed my anxiety a little higher. Communication is going to be forever key. So if you are in... I don't know, your beginning phases of dating where maybe you've gone out on a few dates, but you notice that you're the person that you're dating maybe does a certain thing with their body language or they do certain things when how they talk. Maybe they speed up their conversations quite often because they're, they're anxious. An anxious person will talk extremely fast or they may not be as engaging. This is the type of time when you can step it up to the game and say, hey, I noticed that you were a little razzled. Is there anything happening that, you know, you want to talk about? They may or may not open up to you, but what they will know is that you are opening the door to communication and they can appreciate the fact that you at least recognize that something was going on and you asked it in a form, in a place that maybe did not make them uncomfortable. Um, so communicating well with another person that you see is dealing with anxiety and also keeping healthy spaces, meaning do not push the person to answer and ask a lot of questions. If they're not ready, ask the question and say to them, whenever you feel you're ready to have that conversation, I will be here to support you, um, is a beautiful way to increase, 
to increase that communication to make that person with anxiety feel completely safe. I'm going to tell you right now, when you're dealing with anxiety, the best thing you can have is to have communication and safety. Having a conversation where you feel that that person has your best interests in mind, even in the beginning stages of dating, when someone is really trying to be impressed to impress you, and they're saying to you, hey, if you need me, I'm here. Now, that doesn't mean you need to give them and, and throw your life story at them. You don't need to tell them all of your triggers and traumas right off the bat. But it opens the door that you can at least talk about the initial moment. So if you're dating and you notice that your foot is tapping and maybe they've noticed it because now you instead of tapping lightly, maybe you're making more sound with your feet. Then they may say to you, hey, how are you doing? What What's going on? Is there anything I can help you with? These are very good questions for you if you're talking to someone who is dating and they are dealing with anxiety to make them feel safe. So practice communicating with someone in general, but definitely, definitely practice helping other people around you. Always find a way to be a great sounding board for someone else, regardless if you're dating them or not, but especially when you're dating. And if you've gotten from date one, and you've gotten to date two and then subsequent dates after that, you're going to want to start to build a bridge of trust. And to build that bridge of trust very slowly is, again, to communicate. Communicate and keep a safe environment. Ask yourself if you were in that person's position, how would you want to be handled? How would you want to be treated? How would you want to be talked to? Remember, we have to learn to go back to the old school basics. Talk to someone in love. You will not talk disrespectfully to someone that you truly do love. I'm not saying that you're not going to have disrespectful moments because I've had those moments with my husband and God knows I love him. But in that immaturity, right, that immaturity will allow you to cross lines that you're not supposed to cross. So I need you to go back to the old school way of learning to talk to other people with love, especially when you're on a date. You want to make that person feel safe. You want to make that person feel like even if that date doesn't go to second date, right? You want to give someone at a great and amazing first date. Remember that give someone a date, no matter how many dates you've been on, treat that date as if it's the first date. When my husband and I go out and this is a very good way to practice how to have a healthy relationship. When my husband and I go out, I do my best to one, come off that cell phone to give them my individual, uh, um, undivided attention. And I give him everything of me and I soak in that time with him and treat that, treat him like I did when we first went out to the movies, right? When we first had our first date, we went out to dinner. I treat him in that same vigor that I treated him when we first went out, that excitement, getting ready, putting on their clothes, smelling good. You want to give somebody great dates. So in the dating phase, remember to give someone the dates that you would want to receive back. And keep the environment safe. If you feel like you're going off into some questions that could be triggered, especially in your first date, like let's be real. Y'all shouldn't be talking about ex-boyfriends in the first date. You shouldn't be talking about why well, I've had this. I've dated 10 people this week. None of those conversations should really be on because again, you're starting to get to know someone. You need to build a foundation and you build a build a build. Don't go out the door telling somebody, you know, I went to my therapist, like slow it up a little bit bring it in and slowly build with someone. That's why people get crushed because they've gone on three dates and they've already told the person their life story 
And let me tell you, I've been in dates with people where I've gotten extremely comfortable. Like you feel like you've known them forever. That's a great sign of a perfect date, but that doesn't mean that you got to start burrowing all of your information. You can chit chat and just talk about the things that you guys both enjoy without feeling like you have to give everything up in the first three dates. So first of all, pull them information back. You don't got to give everything at one time. Go slow, talk, get to know each other, but you ain't got to, I know, I know it's pandemic dating and I know people are like, oh my God, my, my, my timeline, my timeline. I got to be married by a certain time. I want to have kids. I'm later and I'm blooming late and I want to do these different things. You still need to be respectful of yourself and the person that you're potentially dating to build. You still have to build. So I know in 2021, everybody's on this microwave generation where everybody can get it where they get it and get it right now. I'm telling you, you want to still have some level of of pulling it back and just having conversations because you're going to miss all kinds of red flags when you don't slow down and talk and listen, talk and listen. How does one with anxiety manage internal assumptions? Let me explain to you what that means. So because I understand that internal assumptions happen all the time when you deal with your level of anxiety, you will assume the worst every single time because that is how your mind is thinking almost all the time. I'm going to say the same thing that I said in the beginning. I think having a good, healthy lifestyle within yourself and dealing with your anxiety on a one-on-one, meaning one-on-one with yourself is the best way to, to deal with that. You are not going to date someone and they're just going to sweep you off your feet. And all of a sudden these assumptions are just going to go away. They will eventually, but you know, in the beginning, you can literally sabotage a relationship in the very beginning because you're assuming the worst. You know, every time that person doesn't call you right off the bat doesn't mean that they're with somebody else. But in the same token, did you say to that person that you wanted to exclusively date or did you assume that that person was supposed to know that? Dating can be tricky, but again, it takes communication. Listen, I really wish I can go back in my 20s. I would be dating out here and really, I wouldn't necessarily be out here breaking hearts, but I definitely would be making sure that I dated like I needed to date. And what I mean by that is I do believe in multi-dating. Back in the day, I used to tell myself that I was like this, and I am a, a relationship type person that's evident. Um, most of the relationships, even when I dated people were so long-term that it literally was, you know, I didn't have multiple dating of, of people, but if I go back in my twenties, I love my husband. He already knows we, we both have these conversations. This is one of the beautiful parts about our marriage. We have types of conversations like this. that doesn't lead to us talking about getting divorced the next day. So if I could go back, I would multi-date and I would multi-date by letting people know, not necessarily like, Hey, I just want you to know that I'm dating people. But when they would ask, I would say, yes, I'm sorry. I'm not exclusive with you. I am dating other people and leaving it at that because people don't need to know more, more information, right? Keep them right where they need to be. That's what they need to know. I am not dating you exclusively. I am dating other people. And so you need to be clear that you're making whatever it is that you're going on, going on very clearly. Secondly, you're going to have assumptions. The most healthy way is to ask yourself, did the person give you a reason to have those assumptions? Because a lot of times it comes from our own trauma. If you've had a a person that you just couldn't trust in your past, meaning you dated somebody who made you feel like everything was great and then you slowly found out that it wasn't, you're going to go into your next relationship with all these different traumas that need to be dealt with before you start dating. And what I mean by that is, You know, it would be nice if you can compartmentalize and you would deal with yourself, then you would start dating. Most people don't do that. 
Most people date and continue on with these traumas and things that they got going on and they take it right into the next relationship. But there's no cleansing process. There's no, you know, downtime with between another partner and another partner. You really have got to get some closures on the, what are your traumas? If you feel like someone having to text you at a, you know, right after you have text, you know, them and they don't do that. And that ignites a trauma where you feel like that person may be unfaithful. They're not being honest. They're not being true. These are things that you want to put in perspective. Let me tell you something. I am attached to my phone. My phone is at my hip, but there are times when I cannot get to my phone. We have to start being more realistic about expectations. Expectations will be the calming of an assumption. You need to know where your expectations lie and another where assumptions need to stop taking over. Stop putting expectations on people that they are not deserving of that. They're not deserving of making sure that they calm the fears that your ex-boyfriend gave you. They're not responsible for that. That is something that that person did, which is truly unfortunate. And yes, you can see patterns and, and study the patterns of your dating, but maybe we need to study the patterns of things that you need to try to figure out within yourself. Um, I say this with love when I say that we have to stop making our, our partners, our everything. And I say this in love because again, I had to go through that. My husband needed to be everything to me because, you know, he was such a, a breath of fresh air for me in my life in general. You know, he, he supplied that love for me. He gave me that safety. I feel completely safe with him. There's moments even now that like I'll lay on him and I'm like, thank you for making me safe. Thank you for making me feel safe. But that other flow of that, the other side to that is that my husband is not responsible for my anxiety. My husband is not responsible for my management of my anxiety. So I always have to let myself know and remind myself, and I'm reminding you, do not make the partner that you're with responsible for your the things that you have going on. That means take responsible, emotional responsibility for your where you are and start handling yourself with a lot more care so that you can get through whatever it is that you have going on. Whatever's on your plate when anxiety is concerned, make sure that you're finding healthy ways to be just that, healthy. We have to stop making our partners responsible for the health of us, right? I've heard people say, well, my husband doesn't show that he cares and doesn't, he may not be showing in the way that you want it, right? My boyfriend is not showing that. But part of that comes from what are you doing to take care of you? You've got to be able to be a healthy person if you were on an island all alone because you got to live with your thoughts every single day. So before you start allowing the other person to start paying for the assumptions that your mind, remember, it's your mind is making you remember, start cleansing yourself, cleansing yourself mentally and emotionally from the scars of a of your past. Because your past and not being able to handle your past is going to keep you stagnant. You're not going to be able to go forward if you cannot get past your past. We all have one. Good, bad, or indifferent. Mine is mostly bad. <laughs> Mine is mostly crazy. But I was able to get past my past to make room for a brighter future. If you want to date the man of your dreams, you can't date him with the clothes from your ex. You can't date him from the ghosts of your ex that you, you are the only one bringing the ghosts of your ex along. Have you ever noticed that, especially when you're dealing with anxiety, it always feels like everybody else is going ahead of you, but you're not moving. It's because you are literally having the weight of whatever you have on your plate that's holding you back. 
One of your, 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 many of your blessings are going to be missed if you don't let to learn to let go. And I know that by saying let go is so much easier to say than it is to do. But I promise you, if you don't find a way or you need to find a way to let some things go, because this next man didn't do what your man from the past has done. And why should he have to pay for the, for your past? Right. So let's try to clean up our, our emotional health so that we can date healthy. Like you have to be able to date in a healthy way. If you want to attract someone that's healthy mentally and emotionally, you're going to start trying to live a healthy and emotional, emotional life harder to do. But if you're already dating someone and you're already in this anxiety moment, I want you to take a step back of not necessarily not date that person, but start putting in places and practices, the things that you need. And to remember, start taking care of you, your mental health, because regardless if you're boot up or you're, you eventually get engaged and now you start to talk about marriage, you are still going to have to be emotionally responsible for yourself. Your partner, your mate is not here to heal all of those areas. That is something that only God and yourself can go through that process. That is your personal journey. The next question is, the person says, sometimes my anxiety makes me think I can't handle relationships and I shut down before I even begin. How can one work past that? That is called healing. There's a song and I'm talking about Kelly Price, which we're going to talk about her probably at the end about how she went missing and all that other stuff. But there's a song that she sings that says, I need healing. I think the song is called healing, but the verse is, I need healing or the, the chorus is I need healing for my soul. I need healing for my soul, just for my soul. And I say that because you can, you have to be able to heal from the inside out. We all talk about the healing. When you have a headache, you go, you take some Tylenol and you get better and you kind of move on. Anxiety does not work that way. You can't always take a pill. Even if you're on anxiety medication, there is still a level of personal accountability and healing that has to happen from you. This is when you begin to maybe write down the thoughts that you're having. Keep a journal. This is where you write down. Maybe you don't have a journal. You have your phone. Every phone has some type of notes or something that you can write. When these thoughts come into play, and they will, they're going to tell you that you're not worthy enough to start dating again. And you should just sit this one out. You should not have to put your life on hold because of anxiety. Anxiety has to learn to let a hold of you. And I say that with all sincerity, because I have had to do this moments in different variations of my life. When I stopped dating my husband, um, so I, I had a long term relationship before my husband in high school. Um, that was like my, you know, the first love that you experience in the first relationship. And then we parted ways because I went to college and it was mutual. I decided that that would be best. And then I met my husband and we had a very long relationship in college. And then we went our separate ways, regardless of how, what went happened. We went our separate ways. And then having to get back in the saddle and dating, I felt like, okay, first of all, at that point, even though I didn't know that the word anxiety was a thing, at least for my life. I recognized my anxiety levels. Like I recognized whatever was going on. I just couldn't put a word to it. And so I would tell myself all the time, oh, I wasn't worthy to date someone else. And then I dated someone. We started to date this person and they were so aloof. It wasn't something that I could handle because I need communication. But the person that I dealt with, the person that I was dealing with had literally no communication skills. I swear to you had, 
I don't know where his, his communication skills were, but they were not there. If he's listening, it is what it is. He just did not have any type of communication skills. So I began to tell myself that I wasn't worthy enough to date because maybe, and you know, maybe from what I did in my past two relationships was like, oh, a thing, like maybe, you know, I wasn't worthy of it. And then I did start to casually date. And as I started to casually date again, this level of anxiety where you feel like, okay, maybe I should just end this because, you know, I'm not worthy. This is crazy. And maybe I shouldn't be relationship. Maybe I need to take a break. And to be honest with you, maybe I should have taken a break. And I, in actuality, I'm gonna keep it 100. I did take a break after my um, husband and I, when I was dating in college, we, I stopped dating. I didn't date anybody. Um, and I mean, did not date anybody for months and trying to get myself together because that hurt of me breaking up with my husband at the time. Well, my boyfriend at the time, who's my husband now was so much for me. It was very devastating for me. And so I did take some time off, but even then I was like, maybe I didn't take enough time. I would say again, this is where if I would have had the mindset, of course, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. knowing that I needed to heal from the things that I was personally going through. My anxiety was actually from when I was a kid and didn't even realize it again, going into therapy. And I always say every adult, Every adult, I don't care what your relationship status needs to have a conversation with a therapist. Even if you think that your life is great, you need to have that conversation because there are some things that a therapist can see and hear that you're not hearing and seeing that could be valuable to your dating world. You may be having traumas that may be too much for you to just write down your feelings and your thoughts and think that that's going to help. Like you may need extra help. So I would say get therapy, get grounded become the best partner to yourself, like become loving and understanding to yourself because that will open up the doors for you to get healed so that you can become greater in your relationships as you progress. How do you handle, how does one work through sexual anxiety? Sexual anxiety means that your stress level, it may be uh, marred by maybe trauma sexually. Now I am not a licensed therapist. Let me be very clear in any of this advice that I'm giving you. And I have always told you and always encourage you to get your own therapist. But I will say from my own personal experience, you can have sexual um, anxiety because you have some type of trauma that has happened around sex, meaning that sex for you doesn't seem always as pleasurable because at some point of your situation, sex was either uh, pushed on you from someone else and or you might have been in a situation where your partner just didn't value like sex was always a one way street and it wasn't like a two way, meaning that your partner basically used you as a release but never gave you that release. Um, so you might want to get really clear and talk about that before you actually have another sexual encounter, meaning I would have some type of conversation. Once you realize that the, this is after you've dated for a while, this is not first date sex. Um, this is not second date sex. Now be honest and clear with you, be careful who you have first date sex with, who you have those early sexual experiences with, because I do believe in soul ties. So when you have sex with another person, you literally are tying yourself sexually to whatever that person has going on with them. And so you shouldn't just, I know, listen, I know this is an era where people just have sex to have sex, but if you're not mentally in a space where you can literally have sex with somebody and walk away, you should not have random sex with people just because you want sex. Cause we all are sexual beings. There's nothing wrong with sex, 
but you shouldn't just be having sex with people if you know within yourself you can handle it. I know men tell themselves because they're more quote unquote um, in a position that they can just have sex and move on. I know they tell themselves that they can do that, but men have traumas and things that they have going on too. You too shouldn't be having sex with random people just to have sex with them or just because you, you know, you got hot. So you want to relieve yourself. You're not a dog. Um, and you know, there are ways to relieve yourself that doesn't have to include another person. Just, you know, I'm just saying stop, um, engaging with sex randomly with just random people. And it's not just because of STDs and all this other stuff, although you already should know that because you shouldn't even be having sex if you can't understand that very basic principle. But I would say you need to not do that. And so if you're having sexual traumas that you have not dealt with, I would implore you that if you want to have the best sex of your entire life, that type of sex where your mind is at ease and you can reciprocate and you can give and take, because that's what good sex is. Like good sex is being in a situation where both partners are satisfied, where both partners come in the door and they're like, they know each other's body. They get to know each other. They they can really relax themselves. If you're in a situation where your mind can't relax because of all the sexual trauma and the sexual anxiety that you're having, I would say start dealing with yourself so that you can learn how to release some things because sex should be a fun experience. Sex should really be honorable. It should really be something that you really love and enjoy doing. And when you find the right partner, sex can be very mind exploding. If you can clear your mind enough to come into the door, like the partner that you're with, the person that you with deserves to have the best sex of their life with you if that's what you're choosing to do and a lot of that comes from having a clear mind having your mindset be completely changed and if you're dealing with sexual trauma I wouldn't suggest that you go and start adding more sexual partners to the mix I would suggest you get yourself together and getting that mind right and then talking about those things with a person that you trust because you need to be able to release your mindset around sexual and sexual trauma and your anxiety is increasing because maybe again you're you're still stuck on things that may have worked or didn't work with your partner you can literally you know people don't necessarily have to teach people how to have sex but you can teach the person that you're with the person that you're now choosing to have sex with how to have sex with you and what you need Um, you can do that by guiding them by knowing you I always tell you this if you know your body and you know what you need and you know where you need to be in in during sex you can literally teach a partner the way you need to be loved sexually right you can teach a partner that by guiding them to where you need them to be. And women, please let go of this, this foolishness of mindsets that says that women are not supposed to enjoy sex. Um, some women have higher um, sex uh, drives than men. And if you're that woman, it's fine. Um, you need to learn how to uh, get your partner on tune to where you need to be. Um, or if you're not going to have as much sex, you need to figure out how to have the best sex you can when you're having it. So again, women in this whole sex talk that women are not allowed to say that they love sex, that that's ridiculous. Like you are a sexual being and you're okay to like sex, to want sex and be very particular of who you have sex, especially when you start having sex and start doing other things and bringing other things into the bedroom, be careful and be sure that the person that you're with, that you trust, you love, um, and you don't want to explore different areas and different things with people that you're not sure of. How do you deal with anxiety and dating when both of you have anxiety? Okay. Two people are dating. Two people now have anxiety. Two people are coming together. They both have anxiety. So now they're both, their levels of anxiety are going to push and pull on each other. This is very real. It happens quite often. I would say you need to communicate a lot. A lot of communication needs to happen. Um, 
Now, your first few dates, you may not have that conversation about anxiety, but after a while, if you start to have that conversation to some degree, and they may not say, hey, do you have anxiety? They may just say, I noticed something, or hey, let's talk about this. Or you can say to that person, hey, I just wanted to say, I know that we've been dating for a while, and that little thing that you said, or that little thing that you did, it makes me feel this way, and this is why. You do not have to give that person your life story just because you're telling them that something that they're doing is making a trigger of some sort. Just say, this is what's happened, this is how I feel, and this is the reason why, and I would like if you could. When you communicate, please always communicate with the, this is what is happening, this is how I'm feeling. And if you can suggest something that that person can change about how they're handling you, because if you can communicate effectively that way, if you're two people who are dealing with anxiety, you explode in that communication. And that will literally give that person the actual blueprint and how to handle you. And in giving them that blueprint, they can then decide if this is who, if if that's what you're saying, and this is how you need to be handled, are they equipped to handle that? As much as, as hurtful as the dating process can be, because when you give somebody that blueprint, it's a vulnerable situation. They may come and say, I'm sorry, you're a great catch. You're a great woman. It's not me. It's not you. It's me. They may give you that, but you would rather have that and happen early as possible then to get into a situation where you're deep into it and then you feel like you've invested all this time and then discover that that person is not equipped. Remember, dating is fun. Dating can be beautiful, but dating is like the longest interview process that ever existed. You can go get an interview at a job and go for a two hour job interview and it still will not last as long as a dating situation. In dating, you are trying to see are the two of you compatible to be in a relationship. Now I said a relationship, not necessarily a marriage, because before you even get to being married, you have to be able to handle a relationship, a communication between two people right? Communication between two people and knowing if those, that type of communication style that the two of you are bringing to the table is going to work. So instead of getting bummed out by the fact that you're coming and you're being vulnerable and that person that you have given has said, no, that's not going to work. And if that happens more than once, and now you're feeling like, I'm never going to find somebody because no one's going to be able to handle me because it's my fault. I'm just pushing everybody away. This is when that is when you start to enact that break in dating. That's when you take that pause. And that's when you start dealing with yourself. Ask yourself this, would you date you? Don't ask yourself, don't ask your anxiety. Would you date you? Anxiety is always going to tell you no. And that's another thing. Anxiety is always going to tell you the worst of everything. So when you realize that, that needs to then say, let me change my mindset. If I was looking at this from healthy eyes, if I was looking at that from healthy ears, if I was looking at the situation from a healthy mindset, what would that mindset, what would that eyesight, what would that hearing tell me? That is how you begin to change your thought process. If you can sit there and say to yourself, okay, my anxiety tells me that I'm not worthy. But if I look at this from another perspective, I am worthy. I am able and, and able and ready to receive love. I am beautiful. That's when you're at a healthy mindset. And that is when you have to start telling yourself the very opposite of what anxiety will tell you. Anxiety will make you lose time, years, relationships if you allow it. One of the things you have to do is one, you have to retrain your mind, right? When those thoughts come, they're going to come. Know this, that they're coming. Tell yourself, how would I be looking at this if my mindset was healthy right now? 
And what can I do to become healthier in my mind? It may be as simple as rethinking some of the things that you're thinking. It may be coming from a place of just getting to that situation where you can literally start to see yourself in a beautiful place, the place that you probably already are, but anxiety has already told you that you're not change your mind. People keep thinking that the mind is such a small little thing, but your mind is the gateway to your success, no matter what it is. When you're telling yourself that you're not going to make whatever you're, you're going to do in your business, your business is not going to flourish because your mindset is all jacked up. And I need you to recognize that your mind doesn't always think the way it's supposed to think, but how can I get my mindset back to there? So if you have two people who are dealing with anxiety, look at yourselves, Think of yourselves, talk about the way that you can think of and look at each other, see each other in the best mindset. And again, this comes from dealing with yourself. This comes from some form of therapy. This comes from some sort of healthy mindfulness activities. If you're not having mindfulness activities every single day with each other and apart from each other, you are not going to be successful because you are going to then have all these things happen. And there's going to be a tidal wave of crashing that's going to take place. But I want you to prevent that by having mindfulness activities. When I wake up in my morning, I have to start telling myself, you know, first of all, I'm going to have a great day. I'm going to have a great day because I'm going to do the things that I need for my day to be great. And that may mean the day before setting myself up for success by making sure I have what I need. That may mean waking up, making sure I'm listening to a podcast or I'm listening to or reading a book for just a couple of minutes instead of just jumping up. That may mean I need to set my alarm a little bit so I can give myself that 30 minutes of waking up, not getting on my cell phone, waking up, praying, waking up, meditating, waking up, doing some form of yoga. What of self-care am I putting in place in the midst of my dating? Dating can be beautiful. You don't need to see that person 24 seven, take a break, put a day in there for yourself, put some, some self time in. And I mean, truly for yourself, where you go back to the things that you enjoy. Cause remember when you date somebody, they're not going to always enjoy the things that you love. I am married to a beautiful and amazing husband. He's become, and I say that, and we have understood our relationship. He has become the man that I have needed. He has always was the man that I needed, but of course your, your anxiety won't allow you to see that, but he has become the person that I've needed because I was able to communicate to him the things that I actually need, right? Love is beautiful. Communicating clears up anxiety. It clears up misunderstandings. It also allows you to tell that person what you need. Men are not mind readers. They were, you're not a mind reader. Women aren't mind readers either. So if you're not talking about something you need, but you're attacking that person because they didn't give you what you need, the problem isn't them for not giving it to you. It's you for not asking for it. It's you for not saying that. And I know your mind has told you if you ask for it, if you speak up on it, they're going to run. If they choose to run, they ran because they weren't supposed to be here. As hurtful as that process becomes, as hurtful as that, you know, that thought that every time you go and you start telling people about who you are, they run. It's better to understand that at the end of the day, that person was never equipped or wasn't equipped to stay for what you needed. If you truly believe that a relationship is a two way street, why would you want to be in a relationship where you were going to be holding all the cards? You cannot be in a relationship where you're doing all the work, right? It takes two people to consistently work. My husband and I got to the point where we had to learn how to work together. That means he's bringing in his thing. I'm bringing in mine. So how can the two come together? We communicate. 
Hey, for today, I'm going to need A, B, and C. I really like it when you do this. I really like it when you take that time. Remember yesterday when you really took that time and you spoke to me? Can we do that more often? That really helps me. And then that person feels like, wow, I'm doing something great. Because then that also gives them a compliment, right? Can we, can we learn to continue giving people each other compliments and saying please and thank you? Those two things will help you in your relationship. As you begin to open up to your new love interest and you're telling them, thank you for making, and always tell them, thank you for allowing me to express that without, you know, giving me an issue. Thank you for um, having this moment with me. Thank you for that date. I really enjoyed it. Can we do more of that? Right. Communicating, you know, um, Lori Harvey was on the reel the other day and she talked about how um, her boo, um, you know, they were dating and she just was telling him about, Hey, I like it. You know, I would love to go to a farmer's market and guess what? He took her to one, right? Again, that comes from being able to communicate and your partner listening. So you want to get into the habit of listening and hearing what your partner is saying. Like it's one thing to hear it is another part to listen and another thing to do. When someone tells you they need something and you're able to give that to them, go ahead and give it to them. And it may be as simple as I just like it when you hold my hand when I'm really telling you something that is stressful for me. Or I love the fact that you took the time to listen, although that may not be your issue, but you listen to me. Those are beautiful things that work. Now, she, he, whoever gave me these questions, there's like two or three more questions that I am going to answer probably in the next episode. But if you have a question that you want to ask me, you can more than welcome to do so. Send me an email at T-O-I-T-I-M-E-B-L-O-G at gmail.com. That is toytimeblog at gmail.com. And I will answer it to the best of my ability. Dating is very tricky. It's a two-way street. If you get into a dating situation and you find that that person is not on that two-way street, as hurtful as it is, I'm going to need you to cut your losses. But most dating situations, if you would think about it, are two people that are trying to see if they are compatible, if they're able to work together. And the best way is to one, not prejudge that person because you feel like they may not just be based upon their looks, based upon whatever it is that they're going to have going on. They may not be the one for you. Don't miss your blessing. Don't miss your blessing out here trying to get you because you, you, know, you put on your list that you had had a man that was six feet. Child, there's a bunch of six feet men out here that's doing women dirty. So just because you found a man that he's five, nine, and he don't fit that list and requirements that you put on that piece of paper, if your requirements on that paper has to deal with more physical than it is about emotional, if it is about being safe, if it is about being having a man of or a woman of integrity, if it has anything to do with physicalness, and that person doesn't meet that physicalness, you're gonna miss your blessing. Because God is funny that way. He never wraps up our packages the way that we want, right? He will give us what we need. And sometimes what we need don't always go with what we want. And so some of y'all are missing your husbands out here because your wives out here because you want a, a woman to have this big behind. You want her to have this thing. And here comes this woman who is an amazing partner, right? Did you forget that part in dating? You're looking for a partner. A partner my husband and I have become each other's partner. We were not always each other's partner, but a partner is the one who always has your back, right? So while you weren't about the six foot man that you saw at the club that gave you the eye and he's looking good and smelling good, but that five foot man is really about to be your partner. That one that when you're lacking, he's right over your shoulder. Everybody talks about that Beyonce and Jay-Z line, but then you don't want to get a man that's five feet nine the time of day, right? Because he doesn't physically line up to the list that you made. Your list is flawed, sis. 
bruh, your list is flawed. And while you're putting those out, and I'm not against your list, right? I'm not against you having your desires and the things that you want, right? But don't discriminate against another person because they don't match up to that. Because that discrimination could be the turnoff to your partner, right? The person that is actually made for you. The one that's going to actually help you to, to get you to your greatest point as your partner. My husband did, probably is like, he, first of all, I was attracted to my husband from, from the gate. So I can't say that my husband didn't physically hit all the, the all of the things I've dated men from different, whatever, but my husband hit the mark. But even in that, like I wasn't, I didn't have my list saying, okay, he has to be six feet through two. He has to be this. He had to be that. I had to look from the perspective and, you know, as you get older, you get, you get growner, you understand life. He hits all the marks for me because he makes me feel safe and not just because of safety but because of all the internal and other lists that I had he has hit those things it's about the list that that's more about people's character worry about that list like if you're talking about having somebody that's financially sound I'm not against that but are you coming to the door into the table financially sound right you want somebody that comes with their money correct but you want to come with your money raggedy you got to ask yourself would you date yourself and you got to become the person that you want to date. If you want somebody that's at the gym and you don't go to the gym and you ain't seen the gym and the gym ain't seen you and your membership at the gym has been practically revoked because you ain't been at the gym, but you want somebody with a gym body, reevaluate yourself. Because if you want what you want, you got to attract what you want by being what you are trying to attract. So many people want, 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 and don't want to give, 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 give. So stop saying you want men with, a, with um, abs and you ain't gotten out of ab lately, right? You don't even have anything going with yourself. And again, you don't always have to have those things physically. Like if you're a bigger person, like I'm a little heavier than I was a couple of years ago, right? But in the same token, I'm not also putting out these expectations that my husband has to now go kill himself at the gym to try to become what I think I want. You got to give and take. This is this balance of give and take. So I want us to start presenting ourselves in this dating world the way that we want to attract these people that we want. Like you have to start putting out there the things that you want. If you want someone to travel and you want to travel the world and you don't have a passport, what are you talking about? How are you going to go with them? They may have their passport already. How do you want somebody to travel with you and you won't even leave the state? How do you want somebody to travel with you? And again, you just need basics like a passport. I want you to start aligning yourselves up with the things that you say you want and start becoming that. So if you are a person that deals with anxiety and you want to be able to, even if you are talking to somebody with anxiety, you want to be able to have a good communication, but you don't want to talk. These are the things you got to change before or and change on the sidelines while you're dating, because you're going to want to present the best you that you can. So again, everything about anxiety is about taking emotional accountability for yourself to be honest for where you are, what you need, and what you have going on. I wish everybody in this dating world all the success possible, but I want us to get ourselves accountable, get ourselves more grounded, put self-care, a lot of self-care into play. Sometimes that may mean that I'm not going to meet up with my boo today because I need to take care of me. I may need a nap or I may need to go and treat myself to a dinner to something I like to do. I want to go to a coffee shop. Maybe I just want to go do some shopping by myself. I want to go ride uh, and take a drive by myself. It's okay, right? I want us to find ways to take care of us emotionally, inwardly, so that when we present ourselves to someone else, we're not going to always present ourselves in the, you know, we're not going to be perfect. We're going to come with our flaws, but we're going to be actively working towards making our flaws a lot better. And that's the thing about anxiety. Anxiety is always seen as a flaw and, and to some aspects it can be, 
But I always tell myself that regardless of how quote unquote flawed I am, I am just that beautiful and I'm doing the work to make the flaws that I do have to be better. So if I know that I'm the person that does anxiety like I am, because I talk about it often, I am a person that deals with anxiety, but I'm actively always working towards becoming better better within myself. Because if I'm better within myself, if I can sit with me, then I can sit with somebody else. So I do what I can so that I can have those moments by myself that I'm not downing myself while I'm by myself and then downing myself again when I'm with someone else. No, I'm building myself up so that when I'm with somebody else, I can love that enjoyment of being with someone else. And that's even with my husband. We obviously live in the same house. We live together. We've been in this pandemic together. Um, I want to say this is the first in our entire lives where we've been together this long and this consistent. And we we don't have that many arguments because we've learned, I'm learning to live within myself, sit with myself and be the proud of the person that I am. So that when I go to sit next to him, I could sit next to him and enjoy that without coming in the door thinking 20 million things. That's that thought process when you're anxiety that you think 20 things are wrong. I don't have to do that anymore. Or I do that as less as possible because I realize I'm doing the part that I need to do. So when I go to sit next to him, I can just simply enjoy his presence. So do what you have to do so you can work with you, work on you, and be always actively working on you. You are not arrived. We all have to get to that point where we're actively working on ourselves so that we get with someone else. When you go to hang out with your girlfriend, when you go to hang out with some friends, when you go in and you, you're going to do these things with your business, that you can be your best self. Always think about that. I love you guys. I hope you have a great weekend. It is Friday. I'm going to have a great glass of wine because, listen, it's been a week. We didn't even get to talk about Kelly. She's going to be all right. But we'll get to all those different things. I think next week I'm going to come by myself again because I enjoy talking with you. If you have a question, send me an email. But I already have the topics ready. And um, we're going to go from there. So have a great, great weekend we are about to this is actually a new month it's october the first new month new goals that means we are in fourth quarter fourth quarter is that last quarter of the year before it is time to end 2021 and start 20, 2022 these years are all smushed together so let's end 20 let's end our fourth quarter right get right get healthier make better choices mentally get ourselves together call that therapist uh get your journal get going on get, love yourself a little harder like let's find a way to really get in ourselves like make this last corner your last quarter your best quarter see you next week Thank you as always for joining me. And I know that even in the deepest or joyful conversations, that there's something we can learn and apply. Until next time, I hope that you are doing better. If not, we will be back to talk some more and handle it. Peace to you and yours. Stay grounded.